When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maybe it's just that you don't know how to use social courtesy. Oh, that's old-fashioned. Watch how Lizzie Post and Dan Post act as host and hostess. They know that courtesy means showing respect, thinking of the other person, real friendliness. Welcome to another episode of Awesome Etiquette, which is proud to be a part of the Infinite Guest Network. I'm Lizzie Post. And I'm Dan Post-Senning from the Emily Post Institute. And today is our big Thanksgiving episode. Everything Thanksgiving themed. This is like my favorite holiday. It's the holiday ever since I was a kid. It's not about presents. And I'm that kid that like I I still refer to myself as a kid at 32 years. (laughs) I'm that kid who I can't sit in a room with presents that are unopened. I'm always just like dying to know. So I kind of love the fact that Thanksgiving has no presents. Like all all that anxiety and pressure is off. It's just about you bringing yourself and enjoying and being grateful for the people that you have in your life. And I am a sentimental sap. And that just it strikes such a warm, fuzzy chord. And it's the kickoff to our holiday season. I mean, you've got Thanksgiving, we celebrate Christmas in my family, and then New Year's, and I love that this is like the start of the parties and the fun and the merriment and the decorations. And Absolutely. I, I, get, I get excited <laughs> about it. I'm like really excited for the holidays this year. Well, you, you call yourself a sentimental sap. I'd call you one of the most social and gregarious people I know. So it really, really? is. It's the beginning of that. That's so, <laughs> that that's social time. And you're so and... glad you think of me that way. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. um, it's also the quintessential etiquette holiday. It's the holiday that's it's that's true. built around appreciation and giving thanks and whether it's the magic word thank you or the 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 spirit of gratitude that that really is the heart of of gracious living and and it's all about hosting and entertaining which let's face it that's got etiquette all over it spending time with the people that matter to you our approach to etiquette is it's about relationships and this is a holiday that's about celebrating those relationships as much as the bounty and the abundance of our world also what i love about this holiday is that it is such a holiday of the more the merrier like christmas is a little little bit intimate. It's one like where you really huh. are, at least I'm just talking about Christmas because that's what we celebrate. I'm not trying sure. to ignore other holidays here. Yeah. But, you know, that's one that it is a little more personal to your family, a little more intimate with your family. At least like I know Christmas morning is mm-hmm. for my family. But Thanksgiving is always a the more the merrier kind of holiday. It's like, you know, it's like we're always taking extra people in and just saying, oh, wait, you don't have anything going on. Come to our house. There's always plenty of food. It's such a it's so special. It really is. I'm reminded of of my favorite Thanksgiving tradition when I was living in California for oh, 10 yeah. years and I was away from my family. Oftentimes that was the, the holiday where the Senning family gathered mm-hmm. and I often wasn't there. The, the man that was the director for the mime company that I was a part of, I know I was a part of a mime company <laughs> for about five years, used to host a, a vegetarian Thanksgiving. He was a vegetarian. He would invite all the members of the company who were a very international group. There were people from all over the world. Brazil and Belgium and Australia and Greece and Singapore. 
Japan. It was a, a really remarkable gathering and all of these people would get together and we would talk about arts and we would share good food and we would celebrate all that we had to be thankful for. And it, it was a for someone that grew up in New England, a very non-traditional Thanksgiving. At the same time, it, it started to have a real special place in my heart. And I always think about those people this time of year and what they're doing out there in Claremont, California. <laughs> but you're right. It's that spirit of come one, come all. Let's get together and let's celebrate and, and spend some time together appreciating one another and all that we have. It, it's really remarkable. And with that, let's make sure that you have a fabulous Thanksgiving by answering some of your etiquette questions about the holiday. On each episode of Awesome Etiquette, we take your questions on how to behave. So all of our questions today have to do with Thanksgiving, and they are also all anonymous, <laughs> which doesn't usually happen. But let's start with... Is there a specific protocol for the most polite way to split up the holidays once you're married? I don't want anyone to feel left out, but we all know not every holiday can be spent together. Dan, you're going to be dealing with this for the first time this year. I absolutely am. And this question really speaks to me because Pooja and I are just having this discussion. Who are we going to spend Thanksgiving with? And it's going to be her family this year. And I'll tell you our thinking that I have a brother and we're it's just the two of us. And he's married and he spends every other Christmas with his Mm in-laws and they rotate so that he spends Thanksgiving with the Senning family and then Christmas with his in-laws and the next year they switch it. So okay, that he got spends it. Christmas with the sending family and, and Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving with his with in-laws. in-laws. Gotcha. And this is the year where he'll be spending Christmas with the Sennings. So we're trying to get, Pooja and I are trying to get coordinated with my brother <laughs> so that we'll do Christmas this year with the Sennings and we'll do Thanksgiving with Pooja's family. So this year we're nice. going to do Thanksgiving with Pooja's family. And I really recommend thinking about some way to reach an equitable situation. <laughs> this is going to matter. It's going to matter to everybody. It's going to matter to you where where you get to spend your Thanksgiving. It's also going to matter to your family. They want to see you and they want to include you in the traditions that oftentimes have been building up for a lifetime. So I think it's really nice to, to think about everybody involved, try to find an equitable solution and be prepared to give a little bit because that's going to be part of the equation. Sometimes there is a, a, a sidedness to the situation. Sometimes maybe one side of the family is a lot smaller and maybe they could be invited to come spend Thanksgiving with the other side, or maybe you could host and get all the families together and start to build a, a new tradition. That requires a little more thinking, a little more planning. But um, but again, you want to keep in mind equity. You want to be thinking about what's fair. You want to think about everybody involved. So both yourselves and the families that are affected and impacted. Be prepared. Talk about it ahead of time. Be willing to listen and be willing to negotiate. That's the best advice I can give. There's no single right answer. There are going to be different solutions that work for different families. Awesome etiquette gets support from StoryWorth. There are some stories about your mom's life that you truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, mom's retelling of the events always brings a bit of joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, we here at Awesome Etiquette found the perfect gift that can capture all of your mom's stories for your family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mom or a mother figure in your life for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. 
what was your first job? Who was your first crush? <laughs> StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is to respond to the email prompt with a story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. I did this with my mom and it was really, really rewarding. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's responses as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories, some you probably already know, or maybe the ones that you're surprised by you haven't heard before. <laughs> After that year of fun discovery and reminiscing, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. You can even keep a copy of the book for yourself. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift that you all will cherish for years. Story Worth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com manners. That's storyworth, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash manners. It's manners with an S to save $10 on your first purchase. And now back to our show. Our next question deals with preparing for Thanksgiving troubles and specifically a complaining relative. It begins, every year, my mother-in-law insists on planning the entire Thanksgiving meal and then complains about the workload. Should I stay out of the way or continue to offer my help? How do you deal with a Thanksgiving martyr, Lizzie? <laughs> this is this is always a difficult one because it it. It like deals with someone's own uh, issues of, of control and yet also execution of workload, which, let's face it, Thanksgiving is a massive meal for most families. So it can be really difficult once you take all of that on. If one thing goes wrong, all of a sudden, you know, your pies are backed up and the side dishes aren't getting hot enough or, you know, you've missed an ingredient, but you don't have time to go out. I think you have two good options. One is to just simply sit back and be supportive. This might just be the way that this works. This mother-in-law might want the control over it, but also feel like she needs to express her dislike of the workload. But yet, if she's never willing to give up that control, then it, it, they go hand in hand together. And, and you just kind of have to sit back and praise her and always say, you know, you've outdone yourself again. What a wonderful meal. I don't know how you do it every year. It's amazing. You know, really mm -hmm. give her <laughs> give her that support. <laughs> might be um, what she's looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And you might want to talk with your spouse about it. But if you suspect that she actually is angling and would like help, offering it is a great way to go. You know, maybe sometime in October, call her up and say, I know Thanksgiving is just so much work. I would love to contribute in some way if there's something you'd like me to take over or help out with. Um, you know, sometimes that's a really great way of letting this person know that they can still be, you know, the master of ceremonies. For they can still say, you know, let us all know how it's going to be happening, exactly what they'd like, but you could actually execute some of the work for them, mm -hmm. and that might help out. Um, you could also consider offering to host. Now, that can ruffle some feathers, so I do suggest talking with family members first before you actually do the invite. Um, you don't want to step on any toes, but it is another way to avoid the drama. Uh, mm -hmm. So good luck, and I, I truly hope that that helps. Our next question comes from the mother of a newborn. She writes, 
I'm the mother of a newborn and not up to the three-hour drive to my in-law's annual Thanksgiving dinner. My husband and I would like to invite the family to the house, meaning their house, but I'm not sure I can handle all the cooking either. Is there a polite way that I can ask guests to help out? And yes, there is, but Mm -hmm. Dan, you've got a pretty good thought as well. The thought that instantly comes to mind is a thought about traditions and family traditions and how important they become, how quickly they become important to people. And if you don't think this is true, try changing something on your kids someday. (laughs) But this isn't the way we do it. This isn't the way we did it last year. Where are my creamed onions? Where are my creamed onions? Absolutely. And and traditions are important. They really ground us in, in time and in place. And... Uh, they, they they are the cement that we build relationships around often. So you want to think about so that. So you really want to think when you're interrupting a tradition or you're looking to initiate a new one. And I love the forethought here. Someone who's in a new situation is really thinking ahead. And they're thinking, how can I handle this in a way that's going to have everyone feeling, feeling good? So one thing you might want to think about is, uh, would your husband's family be open to the idea of changing venues? Is this like a 50-year a event, you know, that's been going on? Or mm-hmm. is it something that, you know, no, people aren't actually attached to the venue and therefore coming to your house might be just what you know just yeah you've got the new baby (laughs) you could I mean there's all kinds of reasons why it could be a great new tradition but first I talk with your husband and kind of get a feel for whether or not the the changing of venues is all right in terms of can you ask other people to help out of course Thanksgiving has always been a very sort of potluck community communal (laughs) community style um, holiday and so it's perfect Okay. In fact, in my family, what my mother does is um, she takes care of the turkey and all the stuffings and a few other side dishes, but she creates a list. And whether it's hors d'oeuvres like crudite or smoked salmon or shrimp or whether it's pies for dessert or it's, you know, um, the green beans or the mashed potatoes with yams. the marshmallows, the yams, yeah, any, whatever it is, um, she makes a list of all those extra dishes. And when she's calling around to the family to find out, you know, my mother has six brothers and sisters, by the way. So it's we have a big family when we're doing the coward side of the family. And she calls around and, and asks everyone if they're coming. And then if they are coming, would they be willing to bring a dish? And then she lets them select from whatever it is that's on the list, because that way they can do something they're comfortable with that will, you know, if they're if they're traveling up, it might be easier to go to the local grocery store and pick up a platter of crudite mm-hmm. than it is to bring up mashed potatoes that you have nowhere to cook because you're staying in a hotel or something like that. You don't like get that. six green beans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so what I would suggest, though, is if you, if you do decide to ask people, you really want to make sure that two to three weeks before Thanksgiving, so we're a little beyond that point now, but two to three mm-hmm. weeks before Thanksgiving, you've let people know, you know, what's going on and that they are cooking a certain dish. Mm-hmm. And that's really going to help you stay organized. And then the last bit is to remember to say thank you to them for all the help that they've done, because it really does make it a whole lot easier. I'll tell you a final thought. And when you mentioned the saying thank you, <laughs> this is the Thanksgiving holiday, it brings to mind another tradition that's, that's often really nice. And that's the tradition of people saying what they're thankful for around the table. It can be a, a really nice thing to do. And you might think about it as a way to initiate and cement that new tradition at your place when you're hosting it for the first time. Um, good luck. And I hope that goes really well. Our next question is a bit of a Thanksgiving classic. It has to do with how you deal with a relative or a friend who you anticipate behaving badly at the dinner table <laughs> or to get around that meal that everyone's worked so hard to prepare. So here we go. 
My brother's new girlfriend is loud and tells off-color jokes and is coming to our Thanksgiving dinner this year. What's the best way to handle her? This is always like I get secretly gleeful over these questions <laughs> because it's like that is so difficult. She's a guest in your home and you're already thinking about how you're going to have to correct her behavior. Ouch. No and fun. No fun. Like it's not just a normal dinner. It's Thanksgiving dinner. Um, so th- th- one of the best ways to do this is actually chat with your brother ahead of time. And it's to talk with him and say, I'm so excited that you and Lisa are going to come for dinner. But could you talk with her about maybe toning down the jokes like mm-hmm. I know she she really loves to make everyone laugh but sometimes they overstep a little bit and if if there's some kind of signal you could give her or if you could even just talk to her maybe let her know grandma's gonna be here so and she's sensitive about she, this she's or... sensitive about it I, I like Dan's language right there she's sensitive about it just so it takes the pressure off of accusing Lisa of being really, you know, uh, inappropriate and not Mm -hmm. politically correct and instead says there's just other people here that might not be as receptive to it. And that's a that's a really great way to try to handle that if um, it doesn't work. And if maybe maybe Lisa has a couple glasses of wine or maybe she's just excited by all the, you know, the the happiness that's going on, she might start telling those jokes. It's OK for you as the host to step in in that moment and actually say, hey, Lisa, um, you know, I, I really do. Your sense of humor is great. And I'm so glad that you're, you know, jumping in. But I think a few of these jokes are just crossing some lines or they're feeling a little uncomfortable to me. If you could tone it down a bit, that would be great. You'd pull aside to say something like that. I would never say it to her in front of everybody at the table when she's a guest. I mean, she's this is her first Thanksgiving with the family. Yeah. No, I I, I hear you. And that's that tough responsibility that the host has to think about everybody, because if one guest is saying something that's really offending everybody else, how do you interject? And sometimes a quick change of subject might be the most appropriate thing. So how about the way, you know, this exactly. turkey is delicious. I don't think you ever nailed it quite like this, Exactly. Mom. Um, and, and save her from herself. Uh, save her the embarrassment. But I do like your willingness to, to pull someone aside and let them know, particularly if it keeps happening. I was going to say, if you've tried to change the conversation a couple times and it, she keeps going back to the jokes or she keeps going back to the comments, mm-hmm. that's when you really do want to pull her aside and talk about it. But in the moment that, you know, great go-tos for changing conversation, by the way, Mm -hmm. asking someone about an upcoming vacation, because it just immediately puts all the attention on, oh, that's right, Sue's going to the Bahamas, like, we want to hear about that trip, or that trip she just went on. Um, Anything work-related is usually decent. (laughs) I mean, you don't usually want to talk work, but hey, you just got a new job, how's it going? It's going to be safe territory. You guys just bought a new house. Try to think of the things that are happening in your relatives' lives, Um, because when you just throw out... uh, like, hey, did anyone see that movie? If nobody saw the movie, it falls really flat. So you want to try to pick something you know someone's going to be able to continue on with. I like your three-tiered approach. Think <laughs> yeah. ahead. Try to talk to them ahead. If you need to, pull them aside and interrupt in the moment if you're really going to save someone some embarrassment. Well, there you have it. Three simple ways to approach the problem, especially if it escalates. And good luck. We hope you have a fabulous Thanksgiving. Our next question is another Thanksgiving hosting question. We're hosting Thanksgiving dinner for a slew of our out-of-town relatives. Is it okay to ask some to stay at a hotel? 
it is always okay to ask people to stay somewhere else. You never have to feel like you have to have everyone staying at your house. Um, some people are a little uncomfortable with or don't know how to say that to someone. But mm-hmm. when, you know, mom or your sister calls up and, and says yes to Thanksgiving and then they start talking about where they're going to stay, you say, well, this year we're not going to be able to host anyone at our house. And you don't have to give a real reason why. You just say... You know, we're not going to be able to host anyone in our house, but there are these great hotels. There's this great bed and breakfast. You can also do something like an Airbnb. You can either rent a house or an apartment in your area mm-hmm. so that it has that homier, cozy feel. And that's definitely an easy way to go. Yeah. Um, I like that there are options for people, but I also think making sure that when you um, when your guests ask you about it, that you have options for them. Another thing is... I know a lot of people go away for Thanksgiving. So in years past, like my parents' friends, the Phillips, have gone away and our relatives have gone and stayed at the Phillips house. Ah. So the Phillips get someone to watch their house over the holidays and my family gets some, you know, kind of like a free place to stay (laughs) and a really nice place to stay, too. So maybe you can try to arrange that with a close friend, Um, but it's perfectly okay. Just get the word out early so that people can make plans. Mm -hmm. Setting those boundaries in a clear way is is so is so important. I'm reminded of the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, I mean, where this everybody is, comes. And, 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 and those relatives that you're really not prepared for who make themselves at home. It, it, it is Uncle a, Lewis. It's, it's, it's a classic holiday scenario. Love that movie. Um, you know, and it's it's kind of you to be thinking about hosting and to really be taking that responsibility seriously. But you're, as Lizzie says, you're never expected to, to step so far out of your comfort zone that you can no longer be a good host. So we hope that gives you some options and that you'll be able to say with confidence, no, not our house this year. <laughs> you hear that? She says you're not as rude as you used to be. What do you know? Thank you, thank you, thank you for sending in your questions on this Thanksgiving holiday. You can submit your next question to awesome etiquette at emilypost.com. You can also send them in via Facebook or Twitter. Just use the hashtag awesome etiquette so that we know you want it on the show. So today we have a a little bit of history, the history of Thanksgiving, and this comes from uh, Plymouth.org, Plymouth Plantation website. It's um, affiliated with the Smithsonian Institution. Um, I know. (laughs) It feels so incredibly official. And they write, Giving thanks for the Creator's gifts had always been a part of the Wampanoag daily life. From ancient times, native people of North America have held ceremonies to give thanks for successful harvests, for the hope of good growing season in early spring, and for other good fortunes, such as the birth of a child. Giving thanks was and still is the primary reason for ceremonies or celebrations. As with native traditions in America, celebrations, complete with merrymaking and feasting, in England and throughout Europe after a successful crop, are as ancient as the harvest time itself. In 1621, when their labors were rewarded with a bountiful harvest after a year of sickness and scarcity, the pilgrims gave thanks to God and celebrated his bounty in the harvest home tradition with feasting and sport. To these people of strong Christian faith, this was not merely a revel, it was also a joyous outpouring of gratitude. The arrival of the Pilgrims and Puritans brought new Thanksgiving traditions to the American scene. Today's national Thanksgiving celebration is a blend of two traditions, the New England custom of rejoicing after successful harvest based on ancient English harvest festivals, and the Puritan Thanksgiving, a solemn religious observance combining prayer and feasting. 
Now, Florida, Texas, Maine, and Virginia each declare itself the site of the first Thanksgiving, and historical documents support the various claims. The Spanish explorers and other English colonists celebrated religious services of Thanksgiving years before the Mayflower arrived. However, few people knew about these events until the 20th century. They were isolated celebrations forgotten long before the establishment of the American holiday, and they played no role in the evolution of Thanksgiving. But as James W. Baker states in his book, Thanksgiving, the Biography of American Holiday, quote, despite the disagreements over the details, the three-day event in Plymouth in the fall of 1621 was the historical birth of the American Thanksgiving holiday. So you can carry that with you to your Thanksgiving table and feel like a smarty pants because you know where everything came from. Our etiquette salute this week really has to do with giving thanks and Thanksgiving traditions. And we want to start by thanking a man named John Kralik. And he's an author who wrote a book called 365 Thank Yous, The Year a Simple Act of Gratitude Changed My Life. And this is a remarkable and sweet little book about a man who committed to writing a personal thank you note every day for a year. When he started the project, he did it almost out of desperation. His life was in disarray at the time. He was feeling unsuccessful in his personal life as well as professionally. And he found almost instantaneously when he started the act of consciously and intentionally looking for things to be thankful for and thanking those people that that were part of that for those things in his life, it instantly changed his outlook. And this, this simple act of cultivating gratitude was really transformative. And he shares that in a book that's, that's lovely and sweet and short called 365 Thank Yous. And I really want to thank John for writing that book and sharing it. It's something I love to tell people about. And, and I agree with him. I do think that the act of looking Looking for gratitude in life can be transformative and can be a really important part of living well. So in that spirit, I want to thank all the people that have hosted Thanksgivings for me over the course of the years, whether it's my aunt and uncle, Bert and Carol, or Tom and Sally Lebhardt out in California. And I'm really looking forward to Pramalabua and Fufa and their Thanksgiving this year. So thank you to all of my most gracious hosts. I really appreciate you. Well, and to that end, I really want to thank my family because tradition is extremely important to me. And our Thanksgiving is incredibly traditional. I mean, it's it's almost always the same people, almost always the same meal. And that that kind of consistency and, and nod to how much we enjoy it each year by bringing it back each year is, is really something I am very grateful for. And I want to thank my mother, who does such an amazing job of pulling together our Thanksgiving Day and who is always willing to take the strays that I bring with me. I hate calling them strays, but that's that's just sort of the the running joke with my friends. I have a lot of friends who are from other countries, Ahmed from Baghdad and Karen from Peru, and they come and they get to enjoy. And I'm really grateful to come from a family that's so inclusionary like that. So that's our Thanksgiving thank you. <laughs> and we hope that your Thanksgiving is, is wonderful this year also. Thanks so much for joining us as always. Well, now, wasn't that better? Look at the effect of a little politeness. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your friends and family. We do love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, your etiquette salutes, or your suggestions for the show to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. 
If you like what you hear, we love to hear from you. Please leave us a review when you subscribe at iTunes. You can also find us on Facebook. We're the Emily Post Institute or on Twitter. I'm at Daniel underscore Post. And I'm at Lizzie A. Post. Or you can visit our website, emilypost.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by Bob Wagner. Thanksgiving is upon us. An infinite guest has you covered. Check out Big Appetites this week, where Patty teaches us to swaddle a turkey in banana leaves. And if you have any kitchen emergencies on the big day, make sure to call in to Turkey Confidential, the annual live broadcast call-in special from The Splendid Table. From 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Thanksgiving Day, Lynn Rosetto Casper will be live coaching listeners through the biggest food day of the year. It's all at infiniteguest.org.